Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Coffee Time with Byron. I am your host, Byron. This is episode number 63. Uh, I'm off on the episodes. I don't know how many I've done. I gotta go. It's all right. I believe it's episode 62. Alongside me via StreamYard is former NFL defensive tackle, right? Or lineman, one of the two. Yep. For the Green Bay Packers and shortly with the Minnesota Vikings, Michael Montgomery, how are you tonight? Man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. No problem. Glad to have you on. But let's start off with, I'm curious myself. I've seen a little bit of it from another podcaster to another podcaster and a YouTuber. Tell us a little bit about your podcast and YouTube uh, live version. What do you do and what kind of guests do you have? Well, um, I focus on a lot of sports and entertainment and and also just people just, you know, I, I fortunately, you know, played, you know, my career in football, my career in acting, my career as a professional. You know, I met a lot of amazing people mm-hmm. with a lot of amazing stories. And I kind of like to highlight them because uh, we focus on, you know, building wealth, building healthy relationships and, you know, asking the hard questions about each other to be successful. Uh, for the overall me- mental well-being, so that's what's in the nutshell what what I'm about, uh, what my show is about. So, so I see you got I see you got a YouTube following like I do. How hard is it to get that YouTube follow? Because I know you got about 200. I'm still working on. It. I don't even have 20. I only have 15 to my name. How hard yeah. is it to get the YouTube followers? Well, it's it's with anything, you know, it's it's about marketing and branding and you know, just putting out there stuff that people want to want to listen to. Uh, you know, I've, you know, fort, you know, great unique stories that can help people, you know, educate themselves. Like um, I had a guy, you know, he was a film producer and he talked about, you know, how he raised his own money. And, you know, it just took a leap of faith in his project. And as he started going, he started meeting people and, and developing money. So uh, talked about that. And, um, um, you know, heavyweight boxers from Amon Green talking about goal setting to get to the NFL. So just 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 asking questions from a, a audience standpoint of what they can learn from uh, an interview. Mm-hmm. So. You you went to college at Texas A and M. You were drafted in 05, round six, pick hundred and eighty. Uh, who who scouted you? And it's a two part question: Who scouted you? And did you know you were going to go that low in the draft, or did you think you were going to go higher in the draft? Yeah, I, I, I you know I think I, after what I accomplished in the Big Twelve, you know, earning first team All Big Twelve honors. And, you know, playing in the East and West Shrine game and in the Senior Bowl, I thought I had a great shot of, you know, at least going third or fourth round. But, uh, you know, that wasn't the case. You know, I only was a starter for a year. And, uh, you know, and I guess some, you know, some, uh, you know, I had a bad similar, a bad incident when I first got to A&M that I think a lot of teams were scared of. you know, I had um, I was born with a little congenital heart disease that almost died from, mm-hmm. uh, 
and then when that happened, I, uh, you know, I had to sit back for the you know first week of uh, school. I mean, first, you know, first three weeks of the season, three or four weeks of the season. So after I went there, you know, I had the heart surgery. I had to sit back, sit out and see if, you know, I'm good and ready enough to, to play football. And after I did that, I came back and worked my way in the A&M rotation mm-hmm. and played good and started my senior year. And then thus first going on. And the other part to the question, the person who scouted me was uh, Alonzo Highsmith. He was a guy who scouted a lot of guys uh, in in the southern region, mm-hmm. and he was responsible for my uh, opportunity of getting drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Wasn't he also in the league as well? Then he played too. Yeah, Alonzo Smith. He played running back. Oh, I he went to yeah, yeah. He went to Miami, and then he went to. Uh, I'm not mistaken. He went to Miami, and then he went to. I forgot what the other team is, but he was he was at Miami. He had a he had a good career too. I I, I always thought he would say in the game, and he did by scouting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In scouting, he's a, he's a hell of a scout, man. He understands uh, we because you know you, it's a certain process of what you do when you watch tape of somebody. You know, you gotta watch film of somebody. So it's it's a different level of uh, of. of of things you gotta look for because when you're watching a live performance, you know it's good to it's, it's good to see how the guy is engaged on and off the field. But when you're watching tape, you, there's certain things you gotta look for, like uh, how how hard is his arms moving? Mm-hmm. You know when he's running. You know is he p- truly playing hard? Is he a very aggressive player on the point of attack? Uh, does he? play hard when when the ball is not on his when when the play is not on his side so it's a lot of it's a lot of little technique things that you got to pick up when you're scouting a guy on tape versus in live performance now after you retired did you want to get into something like that or coaching broadcasting anything of that nature uh when i retired i i just went back to school and finished my degree mm-hmm. uh, uh, and do a, like you know a little student coaching but um, um, when I, you know, try to make an opportunity, you know, you know, I, I realize how coaching gets a little politicky, and you know, it's it's kind of like, hey, we're gonna pick who we like type of atmosphere versus who's the best qualified, especially when you're when you're early on, they're gonna pick who they like versus who's the best person for the job. Mm. So after after going. You know, going that route, I just went, uh, started my real estate professional career. So you spent mainly your career as a backup defensive end. How tough is mm-hmm. that to be a backup compared to being a regular starter? I know obviously you want to wanted to be a starter. But yeah. What's your mindset as a backup, knowing the fact that you don't get to play on a regular basis? You know, uh, it, 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 you know, I always want to start. You know, that was my life goal. But, you know, there were some guys that were some ballers uh, on the team. You know, we had Kabir Bajamila, you know, and Aaron Campman. And those guys, and, you know, they would always tell me, man, when when you was playing, boy, you was always on this boy. You had me playing my best because, you know, during, you know, uh, uh, preseasons and during, you know, when backups, when I started to play, you know, I was always a guy who made quick impact 
uh, in the game. So, you know, he knew that, you know, I was a really good player on the rise and I always played good, especially during my preseason games. So, man, but he was just, uh, it, it was good to see, you know, I'm, I'm, as much as I wanted to be a starter and I wanted to be a man, wanted to be the man, you know, it was still, I still had a great opportunity in the NFL and, uh, and also form a brotherhood with a lot of good guys out there. Now you obviously like, you were drafted by Green Bay. You played for Green Bay. Uh, and you had two. You played, well, yeah, you played, you ended your career in 09. Rodgers was pretty much starting out his career. And you had Favre. What's the difference between the two? Or is there no difference between the two when you saw them on the field? Um, I think the difference between the two is, I guess, I guess, uh, I guess Aaron Rodgers plays a more mental side of the game because I believe I believe Brett Favre can make any throw. Mm-hmm. I think Aaron Rodgers can make any throw. Mm-hmm. I think the difference between Brett and Aaron Rodgers is is the mentality of it. You know the way they place the ball, where versus you know you know the 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 arm strength i think both of them play a, a similar game but aaron Rodgers is a, di- a different leg up because he he plays in a more of a mental side of the game versus you know when he throws a ball well where to put it um um certain parts of the game where he plays you know like you know if he has an opportunity to get a, a off a, um uh, What's that called? When the defense jumps off and he has the opportunity to make a pass and get, mm-hmm. you know, get the first down and a penalty, you know, certain little things like that um, sets Brett Farr, sets Aaron Rodgers from Brett Farr. You know, he plays a game on a different mental plane than uh, Brett Farr. So. How were the two in the locker room? Uh, both of them was very, like Aaron Rodgers, man, I, man, he's such an even even kill, chill type of guy, man. It's it seems like you know. Looking back, I feel like nothing rattles that guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, whether they're high, they're low. You know, he's still just like this. You know, still just the same person, unique, down to earth. Aaron Rodgers just and we got drafted the same year together in uh, two thousand five, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just a really good opportunity to see him and how he risen up and not only that you know Aaron Rodgers had to he was a backup to Brett Favre so a lot of times I always say this practice makes perfect Mm -hmm. during those three years where Brett Favre was starting and Aaron Rodgers coming off the bench Brett Aaron Rodgers had to perfect his craft in the practice field and and the, the the characteristics of Brett Favre you know he's always been a guy who works hard you know you know, I remember uh, it was before a home game. It was a home game. And, you know, I like to get there early, stretch, mm-hmm. you know, get loose before a game. And I was, like, maybe there, like, like two hours early before a game. And I'm in the gym. I'm stretching. I'm, work, you know, working out. And Brett Farr is there. And he's running, getting a full-on sweat mm-hmm. and working out before a game. So, you know, as much you put in, as much is given. And uh, they're both extremely hard workers. Um, and the difference between the two is think like you know mental capacity, m- how they play the game uh, mentally. 
Now, tell us, I'm kind of curious to know, maybe you might know since you played there, I don't know how the origin of it started, but the Lambo, <laughs> two-part question, the Lambo Leap, how did it start, if you know? And the other part is, did you ever get to partake in that, your time there, in the Lambo Leap? Oh, uh, the Lambo Leap, I, I forgot who started it. Uh, I forgot who started it. Uh, the other part, um, I never had a chance to partake in, in into it. Um, never got a touchdown, but uh, I can tell you one part. Uh, the Packers, it started from an old packing company. And because um, the league, it was like one of the first teams in the NFL. I, you know, they wasn't the NFL when they first started, but it was to call, it was a packing team, a packing company and they formed a football team and they originated from the football team out of Wisconsin. And then when professionals leagues started getting bigger, you know, they called it the Packers and that's how the Packers became the Packers. So. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Uh, So during the 2008 season, uh, you get to get your start in the starting lineup yeah. because Colin Jenkins went down due to injury and Davey Lee, Kabir, Baja, Bamilia. So, yeah. so tell us about that. Were you prepared to start after that happened? Yeah, I was prepared. I, you know, when I saw Cullen go down and I finished out the last game of Tampa Bay season, I, I was prepared. Um, um, so I was prepared and just to attack it. And, you know, it was my finally, my final time to shine. And, you know, when I started, I was playing well, but I had, I had a bit bad, severe ankle injury. And mm-hmm. I tried to really push it through that ankle injury because mm-hmm. it was my first time starting my first time, you know, in the big leagues to make my mark. I've been on the bench for three years three or four years and, and it was my time to shine. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, my first game as a starter, I got hurt and was, I had to sit out the last couple game, last game or two before jumping back in the rotation. Yeah. So. It says you got to split time alongside fellow rookie that year. Uh, Jeremy yeah. Thompson. Yeah. Jeremy Thompson. Yeah. So, you know, he was yeah, a rookie that year and you know, he was a really good talent. It was just sucks that, you know, you know, injuries are part of the game. You know, it just sucked that it happened while I was, you know, making my professional start. So, what do you what do you remember about that season? Were you guys in line for a playoff spot? Were you guys going to the playoffs? Coming off a bad year, uh, what do you remember most about that season besides you getting your first start? We, we played in a lot of hard-fought fought games. Um, a lot of games went down to the wire. You know, where, you know, just one position, you know, we would have to win. So I remember a lot of hard-fought games, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And we was end up on the losing part, losing end of a close-fought game. You know, NFL is such a super high-competitive league, and everybody has talent. And... Uh, and that season there, we was – I think I remember we had a, super, a losing season. We didn't make the playoffs. Uh, we, we lost at least five to six games by less than, you know, five points. Mm-hmm. So it was very, like, highly competitive, you know, against playing against Tennessee, Minnesota, um, um, uh, 
Chicago, you know, super highly competitive down to the wire game. So now, obviously, you were in the NFC North. I'm not going to say anything about the Lions because they weren't really that good. But oh, you're a Lions fan? No, no, I'm a Chargers. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about oh, you. Oof. Yeah, I'm a Charger fan. Oh, oh, oh I, you played in that division. Uh-huh. That's a tough ass division. Yeah. How tough was it? In I mean, for a casual football fan that doesn't get which I am, because I am I I I like the Chargers and the Bucks, but I don't get yeah. to see I don't get to see that much games in those division in that division. So tell us. How rough and tough was that division? Yeah, man, it was a dogfight every game. Uh, Chicago, those was most, and Minnesota, those was like one of our most. Every I say all three of those teams was like very physical run, run first teams that you know is going to be a dogfight. It's going to be cold as shit, and it's going to be, and you're going to be hitting, and it's going to be a dogfight every play. So, you know, it was very tough from a physical standpoint. You know, there was not that many, like, pass-happy teams like that uh, in our division, you know. So, it was a dogfight every play. We were playing teams from Chicago to Detroit, you know, in the Dome, then playing in uh, Detroit Lions. So, every team, you know, we was facing, it was it was a dogfight, violence. What quarterback did you what 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 quarterback do you think when in your time would you have liked to sack and why in, during this season during in the, in the no, new when year you played, when you played who I would like to sack uh, I say I would like to sack Peyton Manning mm-hmm. if I if I had opportunity to we only played him once. And I, I didn't get to him, but that was a person I would, would love to sack if I had the opportunity to. What about Tom Brady? <laughs> Tom Brady? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I missed out. I, yeah, that that too. That would have been a good one too. I, I missed I, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. I think those two will get you get your name in the paper. Will get you uh, get you like a hundred thousand likes on YouTube. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. So after after that 08 season, you unfortunately become a free agent and you sign with the Minnesota Vikings division rival. Tell us about that year and. What happened to that year that you ended up getting cut after that year and having to go back to the Packers? Uh, that year, um, man, it, minutes playing for Minnesota, man, it was awesome to see. You know, you know, Coach Dunbar, man, he's one of the most, one of the best D line coaches in the world. Uh, I, had, I finally understood, you know, how to play the game, how to read, run past reads and and setups and. And because, you know, at the time, you know, they had an all-star D-line cast from Kevin Williams to to Pat Williams, all-pro, all-pro, then to Jared Allen, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame oh, yes, this he year. Is. Yep. Then, Ray, then Ray Edwards on the other side. You know, they had a D-line that was amazing. And that D-line coach, Coach Dunbar, man, you know, if I would have got him in the when I first got there, Man, it would have been something special. But playing there and also Jared Allen was such a cool guy, man. 
he understood like you know he, i remember he told me like look man you don't get sacks with your hands you get sacks with your feet so if you're if you make a move and it doesn't work keep your feet moving to the quarterback keep your feet moving to the quarterback and don't don't stop cuz you so that was cool and uh you know things i learned you know fortunately you know i didn't make it they had uh, i was competing with you know Everson Griffin who they drafted first or second round but he be, so they chose to shoot stick, stick with him and you know it was just a lot of good d linemen so i got released because you know just couldn't keep everybody but um, it was a lot of it was a lot of great teams and uh I got cut and um, went back to the Green Bay later in that season. Now, did you, after that year in 2010, when you did get cut with the Green Bay Packers, did you want to play again, or did you know as a player that was it? It was your time to retire. Uh, I kind of, kind of, kind of knew. Um, like uh, you know, I had a s- severe knee, knee injuries that was piling up, and during the time. Um, and, you know, you know, teams while we're going these free agent visits, they would they would X-ray and then they would want to do MRIs. And teams was just a little skeptical on signing players with, you know, severe injury history. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew that, you know, my time in the NFL was, was 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 over, and decided to just try my time in semi-pro. And then, uh, then it came Canada afterwards. So I, I, I knew from teams, you know, declining to sign me after after those um, reports that I knew when my second time around when free agent came that I had to figure other things out. Now, tell us how difficult it is to play a position like yours. Is it? Is it? Much more difficult than linebacker, cornerback. What would you say that your position is the most difficult on defense? Uh, I think physically, yeah. I think physically is the most difficult part on defense because you're hitting somebody every play, whether it's run, pass. You know, you've got to play with your hands. You got to play with your feet, and you got to get off the block, and you got to run to the football. So physically, yes. Um, I think on the back end, you know, those guys in the secondary, you know, they got to worry about guarding the receiver and how this league is, you know, you know, you know how, when people are pass happy, it's, you, you're not stopping a guy. You could just only limit it, what he can do. But, um, but the NFL is, uh, I think, you know, D line, you got to be physical. You got to learn balance really good and strong on the point of attack to be um, uh, uh, NFL, you got the NFL D lineman. Now, how hard was it? We only had one in, when you played, and that was Michael Vick. But how hard, tell everybody how hard it is to chase after a mobile quarterback like a Vick. Because all of to all of today's generation is that the mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. When you played, there was only Vic. He was the one who technically got that started. So, how yeah. difficult is it to go after a running quarterback like a Vic? Uh, man, it's extremely difficult because you got to think about it. When you're when you when you're pass rushing, you're not only passing rushing against an offensive lineman. You're pass rushing against you know the quarterback. 
Hey, you know what? Can I can I pause real quick? I have to make a run real fast. Yeah. Let me pause it and I'll come right back. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm no gonna worries. pause real quick. I'll I'll be right back. No worries. All right, sorry about that. Yeah, you're good. Welcome to part two. Booyah. Booyah. As stuff happens, people. <laughs> but as we were talking about before restroom duty called, uh, you were, I was asking you, you played there was only one mobile quarterback compared mm -hmm. to nowadays, which is defied by that. The position is defied by that. You see majority mm -hmm. of quarterbacks with that. My question to you was, how difficult was it for you having to go up against a mobile quarterback like a Michael Vick? I know you only got to compete against him a couple times, but how mm -hmm. difficult is that? Um, it's extremely difficult because when you think about it from a defensive alignment standpoint, you're engaging into an offensive alignment. You're, you're, you're coming off a block. And then as you're coming off a block, you're, you're trying to size up a quarterback, especially with the new – quarterback rules it's extremely difficult because you know if you hit him or try to sack him or if you foul of him you know that's a penalty and it'll be against you so you know the it, the odds are stacked against you a lot uh pass rushing the offense uh pass rushing and a mobile quarterback because you know a lot of times you can be beat when they're flanked and they take off running on the outside because you engage in a block and the offensive line could be holding you, and 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 you're super tight, and you're you're in it. So, the, it, it's extremely difficult. It's extremely difficult. There's a way to do it, but you just gotta be you just gotta be uh, pass rush. You gotta be in your uh, pass rush lines, uh, lanes sound. And you instead of uh, you know uh, uh, a lot of times uh, what's that team? The Colts, Indiana Colts, uh, Dwight Freeney and Mathis. They did it. They would rush up field, and they wouldn't start making their moves until five yards deep into the, uh, into the offensive lineman's lap. That's why a lot of them didn't scramble so much because, you know, um, 
you know, it's how they pass rush and where they make their moves on the, on, on the engage point of an offensive lineman. But uh, pass rushing um, a mobile quarterback is hard, and everybody's mobile now. But, you know, you know, the, the quarterbacks that are not considered focused on their running are the ones who really make it. Like Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's a mobile quarterback, but he's not running to get yards. He's running to move around in the pocket to throw a long pass. You know, yeah. you know, so like, you know, Lamar Jackson, uh, Justin Fields, uh, you know, those guys, you know, they're not going to last long by just running the football. Cam, uh, prime example, Cam Newton. Cam Newton, you know, he was a guy who ran the ball and all the time, and, you know, it was a tough case for him. So I, I think mobility is good, but I think you should use mobility from a quarterback as a last resort, not as a first resort, just like a lot of – teams are doing, you know, back sneaks, because their, their quarterback is your bread and butter, your franchise player, so you know, it's good to sneak in a, a quarterback run or a quarterback sneak every now and then, but you know, that shouldn't be a part of a game plan um, as when you're, when you're going into a week versus a team. Would you, so let me ask you this then, with the rules as verified as they are, would you yeah. have been able to play in this game? Yeah, I mean, I'll be able to play in any type of game. It's just, you just got to learn how to practice certain things. Like if you're sacking a quarterback or hitting a quarterback, you know, I wouldn't even try to sack a quarterback no more. I would just try to grab him and hold him. I wouldn't try to sack him or get a big hit. I would just try to grab him and hold him because things are so different. You know, you can't really hit really can't launch on a person so you really gotta do something different so i i, I say just you know i can play in different any era because right now the era right now you know practice is not as intense and it's not that hard they don't even do two a days no more so you know with that being said you know i could play in this era especially with the 17 games you know they're practices is not that intense because they know they got a long season and you know practice you know it's more going to be more so in, for conditioning than than practice if if that makes any sense so i'll be able to play in different area and just you know learning you know different styles of engaging to a quarterback that'd be like that everything stays the same for a defensive lineman but just hitting the sacking quarterback is, is is a different element you gotta you gotta face. Now you being a defensive lineman, which did you prefer? Did you enjoy playing in the cold, or did you like playing in the warm better? Uh, of course, the warm. I mean, you know, I, I remember I had, had answered this question last time. Uh, they, you know, I would would love to play in warmer weather, but uh, you know, I was I was still happy with what happened, you know, because, you know, you really don't have any chance to pick and choose, especially your first rookie year. You don't pick where you go to. I was just happy to be in the NFL and just make the make the best out of my opportunities there. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't have said it better. Like you said, you don't get to pick your team, unfortunately. But, yeah, it's just so happy you had to play in the cold. But, hey, you didn't, yeah. 
You didn't have to get to play in the cold that much, though. I mean, you only got, you only got what? Out of all your games, how many times would you have to say you had to play in the for real cold, cold? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that bad. I say, you know, in December, it started getting super cold. But, you know, I think, like, I say November, late October to November. So I say three months out of a half, half, half of a season, you're playing in actual cold weather. And that's during home games. So a lot of times you got to think of away games. And away, away games is a lot more warmer unless you're playing, you know, Chicago, uh, Chicago, in Chicago. But Minnesota, they had a dome. Uh, uh, Detroit, they had a dome. Mm-hmm. So, you know, oftentimes you're playing, you know, outside. You're playing your place, Green Bay or Chicago. And those are the coldest places you're going to be playing, playing in because everybody else had domes. So. Yeah. That that's true. They did. <laughs> so, what would you say? What would you say was out of all the places you were and you got to play in? Uh, which did you enjoy the most? Like atmosphere wise, uh, fan base wise. Which one did you enjoy playing? The, the Dallas Cowboys, number one. I think atmosphere wise, Dallas playing in Jerry World, man, in a new stadium. I think that probably. Was a- was amazing atmosphere I've ever been around. So I think mm-hmm. playing against Dallas Cowboys, hundred percent. Oh, Jerry's world. I, I I can't stand that team. Oh uh, yeah, me neither. I was never a Dallas Cowboy fan. Uh, it's just I don't know. I mean, they're doing well now, and I'm and I'm a huge Michael Parsons fan, man. I love to see. I love to see how he plays the game because a lot of times, That's and the everybody, best move you know, Jerry's made in a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of times, you know, a person that fast and that size, you never, you often don't see people playing that hard, you know. But he's a guy who actually plays hard, and he's fast and he's talented. Yeah, and he, he has plays, he plays all the positions on defense, literally. Literally, mm-hmm. I I just hope they just protect that guy and get him some help to to be better. To utilize him better. Well, because, so far you know, he does. I mean, the guys around him have stepped up. The uh, yeah. Lawrence Gregory, who just came, back, yeah, they stepped up yeah. that game Sunday. So. Yeah, yeah, because they know they shoot. They know they got a guy that's that's potentially going to take their spot. So players always play good when they always have competition in their position. So, did you have that? I had I had that for them. I had that for Aaron Campman and Kabir. So whenever they saw me, I remember it was one preseason game. I had like two sacks. And, you know, and Kabir was like, should I start looking for another job? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and Campman, Aaron Campman, you know, he knew, he saw how talented I was playing. And I could make all, literally all the plays he was making on defense, you know. So I kind of felt like I helped push those guys to, to be better. So let's talk about a little about today's game. Like you said, I asked you who you would have liked to sack him when you played. Now let's talk about these generation of quarterbacks. Who would you have liked to sack and why? These quarterbacks. I say, you know, Tom Brady, of course. Of course. Um, number one. Number one. I say I would like to sack Lamar Jackson. It's just something about sacking a person who's mobile. That is really cool because 
Sacking a guy that's mobile is twice as hard than mm. sacking a guy who just sits in the pocket all the time. Mm. So, uh, so Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, uh, I would like to sack, uh, and Cam Newton. Ain't, ain't nothing like sacking a big, big target. So, I think that would be like my top. So, top. when you played, um, I know it's. T- I know you were obviously defensive lineman, and you were going up against offensive linemen. So, what offensive linemen, if you can name the names, gave you the most fits at your position? I say uh, Matt Jones from Seattle, uh, Seattle Seahawks. You know, a guy that big and that num- you know, he was just as fast or a lot faster than me. You know, I had an oftentimes problem with uh, Orlando Pace. Uh, for the St. Louis Rams uh, and Jonathan Ogden uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, like I'm a guy, you know, I got long arms. I can play with really good leverage. So, you know, it's oftentimes, you know, people have trouble getting into my body. But those guys are, they outweighed me. They outsized me. So even if I engage in, in getting, and I'm, you know, getting off a block, it's really hard to see over those guys, you know, because they're so huge and so massive. So trying to locate the ball or locate the quarterback, you know, it was super tough. So I say those three guys I had really trouble with because of their size, their mobility, and their length that uh, gave me a lot of fits. Now, where do you see your former team, the uh, Green Bay Packers, going this year? Do you see them beating Tom Brady this Super year? Bowl. Yeah, I say Super Bowl. Yeah, I say those are my top two picks. Tampa Bay are because those are the ones who are playing the the best right now so far. Uh, just Green Bay just needs to stay healthy, get their O line healthy back, and and work on their special teams. Man, what they did on special teams was terrible. You know, Sunday terrible. Yeah. That was terrible. Yeah, last yeah, that was bad. You know, they almost cost them the game. So yeah. I think. Yeah, I think they need to. The special team coach needs to need to they need to hire. They need to hire Coach Slocum back. What we was doing there was really good and really good. We won a, st- uh, a championship with with Slocum. They need to bring his philosophy back. So uh, they need to tip the night in the special teams. They need to get healthy on offensive defensive line and just just keep. Protecting Aaron, man. Aaron's going to make it happen. I think I focus on more than the defense. As long as they're doing their job, it's taking the pressure off what uh, the offense has to do. So special teams, defense, and offense in, in that scenario. Tom Brady, you know, he's a master of, uh, you know, taking what the defense gets him. And he's a guy who's not going to be slinging a ball 50, 60 yards every play. He's a guy who's going to throw safe, secure passes to guys. Uh, he's he's the ultimate, like, game manager, game gamer, you know. He's going to kill you throwing passes from, you know, 7 to 15 yards. Seven, seven, to, 7 yards to 15 yards, and he's going to kill you on that. Now, obviously, this is a different time than you played with the COVID era. Take mm-hmm. us, take us through, because I know you obviously heard that story with Rogers and being a player. I know it's their right if they want to be vaccinated or not. Yeah. But 
what's your take on all that? Was the NFL covering? Did I obviously the Packers knew they didn't do nothing yeah. about the whole Rogers situation. What's your take on all that? Because so because media was all over him, and I don't blame the media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He shouldn't he shouldn't have done that. The Packers shouldn't have covered it. You know, just say you're not vaccinated and follow the rules. You know, etc. Yeah. But what's your take on what happened? Uh, I was also bringing up this uh, between you know because they was making a comparison between Antonio Brown with his situation and Aaron Rodgers. You know, the difference was you know Aaron Rodgers just lied to the media. Green Bay knew. You know, he wasn't vaccinated, but Aaron, but Antonio Brown, you know, he had a fake vaccinate, vaccination card made. Which he got and lucky. He got lucky. Yeah. Lawsuit. Yeah, that's a super huge lawsuit with the company and the people that work for because that could be traced and everything. So, Melanie, yeah. yeah, so that's a, a, against the law. Everybody, you know, not every player tells the truth uh, to the media. Yeah, so that's nothing new. It's just, you know, he would keep a you know a sensitive subject away. And and I don't fault him for that. Cause you know, a lot of times when you're one of the top players, the media is gonna put, spin up stories about you all the time. Right. And the less they know, the, the, the less they know. Because you know the in-house they knew the situation. Yeah. But, you know, you don't need to know every detail of my personal life. You know, this is about football. You know, y'all y'all talk to me about football, not, you know, my personal status, if I'm vaccinated uh, or not, or who do I vote for, Donald Trump or, or Biden. You know, I think, I think some things need to be personal and let the teams figure that, those things out. Than versus just airing out everybody's business, you know, because it always puts people. Everybody has different spectrums on vaccinations, and you know, everybody has deserves a right for privacy and learn how to deal with uh, COVID their own way. Because some people are, some people are not, and some people do health remedies. So everybody learns. Everybody is entitled to their own opinion. Entitled to weigh the way to handle it it just know that when you when when it comes to vaccinations you know the nfl teams they don't care one way or another who's vaccinated or not but it's the city they play in and right. that's the part where they have to right. follow the rules and follow guidelines right. it's just business you know it's just business and i look at it from a business standpoint like if you run a business and you got a firm, especially a, like a restaurant or an entertainment business. You got to certain. You got to follow healthy regulations, or you'll get shut down. So, if you're a restaurant, you have a business. If a health code comes up, you got to follow those health codes. Same with vaccinations. So, you know, it has nothing to do with taking away people's rights or taking away vaccines or anything like that. It's just business. And if you want to stay in business today. You got to follow health regulations, you know, that's, that's point blank. It has nothing to do with what I want, what he, the player wants, what the owners want. The owners want to stay in business. Businesses want to stay in business and the best, and, the, and they want to keep their players out there. To, so the follow protocols. So life is about protocols and, you know, and standing between those lines. So it's not, you know, it's, it's, everybody has their own personal opinion. 
you know, I just say, you know, talk it over. Uh, everybody needs to, you know, they don't have to work in the business if they don't want to play. But they still have a right. But uh, How would you, you know, have handled it as a player? Would you have gotten vaccinated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm vaccinated now. Look, the NFL is my dream job. And I'm not going to let a, a vaccination stop me from from uh, pursuing my ultimate goal to be an NFL player. Like, look, a lot of guys that get in the NFL, they're fortunate enough to get ranked, like drafted super high mm. and don't have to worry about nothing. You know, me, you know, I, I came in through the back door of the right. draft. Right. And I really had to work my way up, and right. especially with a lot of other players like Tom Brady. He went six round. Yeah. You know, you know, we, you know, we don't have the luxury of just making a big deal out of a vaccination, stat, vaccination. You know, we're trying to make our mark in, 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 in for make our mark as an NFL player. We're not worried about vaccinations and stuff like that. So if we got to do it, we got to do it. You know. So I wouldn't make a big deal out of, you know. And, and it, it really trips me out. You know, people make a big deal out of vaccinations and they, they want to say, oh, we don't know what's in it. We do, do They don't know when they was born, you know, when you're a baby, you get vaccinated. Yeah. You know, flu, flu shots. If, if, if a player ever took medication and if they're not looking, reading on every label, every word on a label of a medication, you know, they shouldn't be tripping. If... They if player if players smoke weed before, they don't know what's laced in that weed or that marijuana. Right. Who knows, you know? And now all of a sudden they're scared and they're thinking this big old conspiracy with 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 minorities and, and, and with vaccinations and don't trust in the government. It's just uh, it's just piece of baloney. Times are not it's not like that anymore. And I have I believe in. America that's trying to do what's right for us, but you know a lot of people have their reservations. Which I just, I, I just, I don't. I, it's just kind of, it's kind of weird for me because, like I said, now as we talked about the mobile quarterbacks and them pretty much taking half of the league by storm nowadays. <laughs> do you honestly see the era of drop back quarterbacks dead? It'll be all mobile now. Oh no no no! There's always going to be drop back quarterbacks. Case in point, Mac Mac Jones. Um, you know he's not mobile at all, and he's he's slicing up the league. He's in a perfect situation, more of a Brady situation, as I could call. Do you think Brady two Yeah, Brady two Look, he's making all the similar throws. He's not killing you. You know, throwing the ball deep down. You know, he's just making great decisions with the ball, you know, and throwing. And I'm a big fan. I'm glad to see he's doing good. Because, you know, he's – what, he ran, what, a five flat in the 40 or something like that, yeah. four nine. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's not a guy who's going to be relying on running. So he's going to focus more on, you know, maneuvering in the pocket to, to throw a pass and complete passes. So – I agree with you on that. He, yeah, he's at first he started because it's a rookie. You know, you expected to, yeah. But is with the shoes that he's filling in, you expect to do good. I knew he wasn't going to do good at first because he's just a rookie. But I knew because Belichick, he's always been a guy that worries about later in the season, which as a coach you should be. 
That's mm-hmm. instead of the beginning of the season. Basically, this year is another fine example of that. Look at how his team started: two and four, mm-hmm. then four and four, and now look at them fighting for the number yeah. one seed in the AFC. Yeah, yeah, they're they're playing good, man, and and they're doing it with defense first. Yeah, yeah. defense first. Matt Judon, and Matthew Judon's beast. Yeah, he's balling out. I know he played really good in ball, but he's really coming to his own. He's really coming into his own now. He's really balling. A lot of people right now are saying AFC championship match between Chiefs and Patriots. Do you see that, even though the Chiefs have struggled early in the year with their defense? AFC matchup with Chiefs and the Patriots? I mean, that is possible because that, that offense, man, it gets rolling, man. And that defense, what made Kansas City defense good was was turnovers. They caused turnovers. Because they're not really a good defense, per no, se. But uh-uh. when, you, when you cause turnovers and get the ball back in the offense hands more times, it always benefits you better. So so Kansas City always have a, have a shot as long as they keep Patrick Mahomes, uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, Travis Kelsey, as uh, long as they keep those guys like in the loop, you know, even that running back is pretty playing really good. So long as that offense is still running and generating, they still have a chance. I still have a serious chance because the defense they just need to get healthy and and generate turnovers because that was their calling card when they won the Super Bowl by generating pressure, getting scoring outscoring the opponents early, and generating pass rush because their pass rush is good. With, with Jones and uh, number 55, I forgot. But just generating, pet, getting up early and causing turnovers on the defense. Now, we've seen the blueprint, eh, blueprint on how to beat Mahomes. The Bucks mm-hmm. started that with a two-man deep in the Super Bowl, two safety deep. Do you think teams have mastered that on how to stop Mahomes or do you think with how Mahomes has played so far defending that with the win streak they're on, do you think he's finally adjusted to playing that two man safety deep that had him beat? Uh, I, I think so. Um, cause, cause like I said, you know, uh, Bill Belichick, man, he, he's, he brings that old school sense of, you know, He's not going to out finesse you. He's going to You mean Andy attack. Reed? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm talking about Bill, Bill Belichick when he played uh, oh, defense okay. against Yeah, he's yeah, he's going to uh, you know, he's not going to make things too too crazy. He's going to take your best options and double team your best options. So, with that being said, you know, a lot of times we see Patrick Mahomes forcing forcing passes, you know, in different spots trying to make up for those double teams. So I think they're getting better. You know, they're finding different ways to, to get, get them the ball. And, uh, uh, and, and also, you know, they've been putting on a good show the last couple of weeks. So just, just trying to find, keep that offense going. Patrick Mahomes, not forcing. Cause you know, when he's forcing the ball in different areas and trying to, you know, that's when he starts to get in trouble. So just trying to generate, uh, you know, some creative, more creative offense to get their stars the ball. Now, you being a defensive mind, and uh, how would you 
how would you cover Tom Brady? I know you'd want to sack yeah. him, like you said, but how would you cover? How would you cover him? On the defense, I I would what I would do. I would uh, I would make sure I press because a lot of his passes between five to ten yards, five to ten yards. That's where he makes his money, and he also makes his money on those quick out 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 route passes with the running back. So I would make sure to cover the running back because he's all he's he's flaring on the running back and he hits them super quick. Yes. If he doesn't see a quick read, he quicks he he checks the running back the, the, like. In, th- in three seconds. So I would first take away, you know, the, the Mike Evans and Godwin, those long passes, those seven to ten yards, press those receivers, and then I would press the running back when he flares. Because a lot of times Brady, he, he his his decision-making is super quick. You know, if he see if he don't see like a couple routes on the run, run, he don't see he's flaring it to the running back. And I want to take away his short fat, short passes and for, force him to throw the ball deep. Because when he's throwing between seven to ten to fifteen, he's gonna eat you alive. But if he's throwing the ball deep, that's when you can cause him to make turnovers. So I would want to I would press everybody and force him the ball, for, force him to force him to, to start throwing the ball deep. And that's how I would play him. Now, two more questions before I let you go, because I, I know it's getting late over here on the East Coast, and I know you want to get to going down no, no, no. as well. <laughs> no, no, no problem, no problem. Just, uh, just enjoying the, enjoying the time. Um. Now we got the obviously, we got the uh, number one seed getting the bye. We have seven teams now going into playoffs. Is this the format that you see going for years down the road and staying that way? Because I know originally it was talked about it was going to be only this year because mm-hmm. of you know all the more games that they had. But do you do you see them changing it or keeping this format? So you said seven. How many teams going to the playoffs? Seven. Seven from each. Uh, seven from each league. In it, man. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, because the number one seed gets the bye, and then then and then there's the division leaders, which is uh four, the division leaders. Uh-huh. No, sorry, three, three division leaders, and then three um wild cards. You know what? I I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's how it's going. Uh, yeah, there's three uh, wild cards. Wow! And I didn't number know one, that. the number one seed gets the first week by. Wow! I mean, I mean, it's all generated because of money. I mean, you gotta if it's fine if it makes financial sense. From you gotta think of it from a owner's perspective. If you're if it's making money on a business standpoint, they're gonna keep it going. That's that's what it falls down to. So yeah. you know. Regardless if the players want it or not, if the owner's making money, he wants to keep this implement imp, uh, this new changes. So um, if it is it's right, this first year is a trial run, and we're gonna find out if it's it's gonna make sense financially, and if it does, you know we're gonna keep, it's gonna be like this for for for, for the from here to end. So now, I'm one that hates Thursday night football. I'll, I still watch it, but honestly, I hate it 
Because I feel yeah. for you guys as players. Even though I haven't played, I feel for you guys because that's a short freaking week. Yeah. Uh, how can you deal with that as a player, knowing that you'll only get like three three days of practice? Man, honestly, I actually kind of liked it, those games. Because, you know, number one, you're not prepping so much. You're not practicing so much. And those, when you play a Sunday game, then you turn around and play a Thursday game. You know, the game plan is mostly, you know, straight vanilla, uh, basic packages, but they, they just want you to freestyle and make plays, you know. So I, I, I kind of look forward to those because, you know, you get to play late night. You get to – and uh, you, get, it, you get a sense of, you know, you don't have to put too much thought into it, you know, because a lot of times when you're playing, you know, every seat, Sunday week, you got to do all this film study, yada, 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 watching tape. And sometimes you just get drawn out by just watching film instead of just because defense as a defensive player, you know, we are taught to read and react. Uh, and sometimes, you know, watching tape, you know, practicing, you know, you know, that could get a little, little daunting. But when you have this quick turnaround, you know, you get to play and you get the freestyle. You just got to just make plays, man, and, and not be boggled down by just watching film and tape and all the time. So I actually look forward to those games. Now, I know it's too early to tell, but give me your prediction. I got mine. Your prediction on who goes to SoFi Stadium in February and wins it. Okay. I'm predicting Tampa, but I'm predicting Green Bay Packers. And ooh, me, hold on, let me let me see. And, and I want to give you a good, accurate. Because you know it's really tough right it now. It is tough. It's tough because you, you know it, it. It boils down to who's playing the best towards the end of the season. You know who's the healthiest, mm-hmm. who's playing the best, mm-hmm. and. I would like to say, hold on, it's an AFC, NFC, I'll say Green Bay, and then I will say, I'll say Green Bay, and then I will say, I'll say Green Bay in, in, in Kansas City. There you go. So AFC, the good old AFC, uh, was it before they called the Super Bowl? That was the first, or no, that was the first Super Bowl, I think. Was oh, it was, yeah. Because I think Patrick Mahomes, he still got it, man. He still got it. And, you know, and look, they're making all their bad decisions right in the beginning. And, uh, and you know, they still have all their offensive weapons there. And... I think I think New England, they're close. They're super close. I'm going to pick them, but I'm looking at the style of quarterback and who has the least better offense. And I think, you know, because New England hangs their hats on defense, but Kansas City is way more explosive than them. So I'm picking Kansas City to, to, to return back to the Super Bowl. And I'm picking them to play, play my team. So What uh... – when you played, what head coach or coaches uh, helped you along the way? What head coaches? 
or or any uh, coach? Um, I think uh, my D line coach from high school. Uh, he really taught me the fundamentals of how to play and how how to play with intensity. You know, with my hands. Uh, by, I don't know. That's, and then uh, my head coach in high school. Um, my head coach in high school and my D line coach. Uh, those were Coach Frazier. And then uh, Coach Esri, and those was a guy who kind of like instilled in me that I could actually play professional football. And uh, Coach Frazier kind of taught me uh, the, the fundamentals of playing football. And uh, those were guys who kind of like springboarded my career uh, into to, to the next to the next. So now, uh, two part question, and this is the last one before I let you go. The the first part of the question is for kids today that want to play your position, what would you tell them? And two, the second part is do you believe that you had a successful playing career? Okay. All right. One part, the people want to play my position. I think, you know, you know, um, learn your fundamentals. Learn your fundamentals. Um, you know, if you it, just got to learn your fundamentals, your techniques, stepping with the right foot, leading with your right hand, engaging, getting off blocks, using your outside hand. So I say playing fundamentals stress more than anything. Uh, and uh, the two, the second question, did I have a successful career? I believe, you know, I'm always a competitor. I believed... I could have done more. I would have. Been, I should have been better. Uh, you know, I'm very happy that I made it in the NFL. I'm very content with, you know, you know. I I told people in high school that I was going to be a professional athlete, and you know, I've done it. You know, for the small amount of time, you know, I was in. So, you know, on one point, you know, I'm happy. I'm I'm content that I got in. It's just I. You know, everybody wants to be a Hall of Famer. Everybody wants right. to be the big dog, but uh, that's not the case. Some people get injured. Some people, you know, you know, playing behind starters that are all pro, which that's not bad. Just, uh, but you know, I'm still happy and content with playing in the league. It's just I wish I, I always wish I could have been better. You know, and that's any competitor. You know, you always want to be the best you can be and always see yourself as the best. But uh, I still am content with what I accomplished. Um, you know, I made it throughout, you know, the similar time of playing and, you know, between from high school, two years in high school, then two years in junior college, you know, another two years in A&M, then, you know, fighting to make a team again with all pro defensive linemen. So, you know, from what I did, I'm still content with making it and being uh, a person that contribute to a team. Now, before I let you go, please feel free to give any, how people can follow you or your podcast, et cetera. If you want to share that, go right ahead. No sure thing. Uh, people can follow me on uh, Instagram, Twitter. I am 96. It's there it is right there. And then um, on YouTube is uh, Undefeated with Michael Montgomery. Uh, it's a cool, really cool podcast. I'm really enjoying it, interviewing with some really great people. 
Um, I don't know if you're into movies, but I just interviewed a guy who did the Spider-Man No Way Home music uh, for the film, and I and that's and that's up today. So it's a really cool, cool, really cool uh, podcast that this hopefully it just expires people. I'll definitely check it out because I yeah. I'm subscribed, so I'll check it out. And hey, okay. if you want to, feel free to use this as part of your uh, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, I definitely love it. Uh, whenever it gets down, I sync it and download and, and, and load it. So yeah, I love I love to use it. Perfect, and um, yeah, I had a blast. I hope you did as well. Man, I did, I'm man. Glad, Thank you. I'm glad much. we connected. So I'll definitely be in touch with you. I got yeah. your number. And if you come across anybody else that's interested in an interview, please send them my way. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely will. Awesome. Well, thank you. You have a good night. Stay safe. All right, buddy. All right. Thank you. You too. All right. Take care. All right. Take care. Michael Montgomery, everybody, former defensive lineman for the Green Bay Packers and Minnesota Vikings. A great conversation. Hope you all had a good time. Enjoy. And see you around sometime later this week. Maybe Saturday, I'm thinking Friday. I don't know yet. I'll let you know. But you all have a good night. This concludes episode number 62 of Coffee Time. So have a good day.